Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the content lately surrounding Cage Thunder 25. It was an incredible event, and I was just honored to have a small part of that card. And the support shown to the content, especially on social media, has just been incredible. So before I get to today's guest, today's episode, and what will be the final episode of Forged in Ohio in 2023, I have to thank all the Forged in Ohio fans out there. Now, for the reason you are here, today I'm joined by a 4-1 amateur mixed martial artist out of Cleveland, Ohio. He's been very active in 2023, and just last month he finished the year by winning his first amateur bantamweight championship. It's Juan Gohard Goins out of Rising Dragon MMA. Thanks for coming on the show, Juan, and welcome to Forged in Ohio. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you as well, man. Since you are a first-time guest on the show, I want to talk about your roots in this combat sports world. Take me back to when you first got exposed to combat sports and then when you officially got into it yourself. When I was like five or six, I was started boxing uh, with my dad. Uh, nothing serious, just kind of hitting mitts, jumping gym to gym, just something we used to do. Um, then I found football wanted to play football. It was my dream to play football, uh, played my whole life, like peewee leagues, got into high school, wanted to play football, become a star. They told me I was too small, broke my heart. Uh, wrestling coach found me moping around the weight room. He's like, Hey, you should do this wrestling stuff. You, you look like you'd be good at it. Got into wrestling and I found MMA through my uncle. Actually, um, I had the UFC video game. Didn't know it was a real thing. Didn't know anybody on there. Thought they were made up characters. He invited me to a pay-per-view and I'm like, I thought UFC was just a game. Watched my first pay-per-view, changed my life forever. I was like, I want to do that after wrestling. And it all this snowball effect from there. So how old were you when you watched that pay-per-view? I was about 14, 15, maybe. Okay. And I, I, I knew wrestling and boxing. That's all I knew. I, I, I thought like uh, it was... It was a made up thing. Like I watched Bloodsport, all those karate and, you know, mixed martial arts movies, but I didn't know it was a real thing. And I, the first time I saw it on pay-per-view, I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. So from ages, you know, five to six up until you turned 14 or so watching that pay-per-view, you weren't really involved because you were chasing your dream to be a football player, right? You weren't really involved in the gym that much in, in combat sports? No, never officially in the gym. Just kind of, like I said, just hit the mitts, uh, hit the heavy bag every now and then. You know, nothing, nothing real serious. I, I, I knew a little bit of moves, but football was my thing at the at the time. Once I got into high school, got into wrestling, that's when it all changed. What position, by the way, were you trying to to play in football? I was trying to play wide receiver. I, I don't know how I was too small to be a wide receiver, but <laughs> hey, we see small wide receivers have success in the NFL, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, it. That changed my life. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't make the team. Yeah, definitely. So when you watch that pay-per-view as a 14-year-old, you instantly get hooked. Did you look up to any fighters growing up that really inspired you even further to get into the sport? Oh, yeah. Once I started, you know, to do my research and watch more fights, George St. Pierre, his backstory, the way he fought, uh, what he stood for. That's uh, he's he was he's my favorite fighter to this day. Uh, George St. Pierre was the my go-to guy. 
I try to emulate him. I try to, you know, live my life like he does. Like he, he was a big inspiration for me. Yeah, there are definitely worse options than George St. Pierre, that's for sure. Do you have a, a favorite GSP moment, fights, or anything in his career that sticks out? The one that I talk about the most um, was when he fought Carlos Condit. Uh, I think it was a four-year layoff because he had knee surgery, and uh, everybody's like, "Can does GSP still have it? Can he still fight this, this killer of a man in front of him? And uh, I think it was the second or third round. He gets hit with that head kick that drops him. And I remember my heart just dropped. He's like, my hero just, he just got dropped. And uh, we, I, I remember just standing up, hands on my head, just, oh my God, oh my God, what's, what's going to happen? He kind of turtles up, gets back up, pieces uh, conned up, takes him back down and winds up finishing the fight strong. That was, that moment is my, I have to say that's my favorite GSP moment. Yeah, it adds a lot to it, right? When you look up to somebody and you see them go through adversity and get through it, that kind of inspires you and motivates you to do the same in your own career, right? Oh, yeah. In life, period. I mean, it, it just him coming from the knee surgery. I mean, this is what he does for work. I mean, this could have possibly ended his career. And for him to just keep on, you know, fighting the good fight and, and, and still go out there and put on a great performance and get rocked and come back and, and still and still fight hard. That was that was very very inspiring. Yeah, definitely. So 14, 15 years old, you're watching that pay-per-view. How soon after that were you actually in a gym training? I have to say the year it was 2014 or 2014 or 15. I know it was shortly after I graduated. I got out of school. I was like, all right, let's let's find a gym. Let's let's go train. So I say like 14, 15, that's when I started actively looking for gyms, really training, uh, MMA-specific training. Most fighters I've had on have talked about those rough days in the gym to start their MMA career. Assuming that's the same for you, how did you not get discouraged from those days and instead grow your passion for the sport while you're getting your ass beat a little bit and struggling in the gym those first few days? Well, coming from a wrestling background, that's, that's how I started wrestling, getting my butt whooped every single day. So I was used to that. So getting my butt wolf with a smile on my face the whole time, I, I just knew I knew the process. I knew what it took. I know there was going to be people better than me, especially on the ground with jujitsu. I mean, you can't just double leg somebody. I was getting choked out left and right. So it was just like, I know I'm going to get better. I've, I've been through, you know, a similar process before. So I was always optimistic and I, I want it's something I really wanted to do. So going in there knowing I was going to get, you know, the shit kicked out of me. It was just, um, I was happy to do it. Is it wild to think about how far you've come from those first few days in the gym to where you are now as a four and one amateur mixed martial artist? And we'll get into those fights here very soon. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I watched some footage that I have from, from, from back in those days. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I, and I thought I was good then. I was, I thought I was the biggest thing to hit the mat back then. I'm like, Oh man, I was terrible. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of fighters can uh, relate to that fact as well. You mentioned just looking around for gyms, and I believe you're the first fighter I've had on the show who trains out of Rising Dragon MMA in Cleveland. What about that gym in particular appealed to you, and what's it like training there in Westlake? Um, well, now we're um, we're uh, stationed out of uh, Brook Park on the west side. Um, okay. We're just transitioned right now. But um, I found them accidentally. Um, they were the closest gym to me at the time. I was... Uh, I was young. I worked at a grocery store, so I didn't have much money. So my options were limited. And um, I just walked in. I pretty much 
put my money on the table. It was like, here, I want to be a, a mixed martial artist. I want to be a UFC fighter. They're like, okay, kid. So yeah, just totally found them by accident. And um, just the chemistry with the people and the coaches just kept me there. I mean, I, I, I did hop around gyms a little bit and it just, I wasn't vibing with them. But um, once I found Rising Dragon, the coaches, the, the, the drill partners there, I just kind of connected with them naturally. And it, I, ever since then, I've, I've just been with them. Yeah, what would you say is the distinguishing factor about Rising Dragon MMA? What makes it unlike most other MMA gyms in the state of Ohio? Is it that connection that you felt there in those first few months? I just think the, um, just the type of people that are there I can connect with easily. But uh, the training, it's just it's just hard work th- throughout throughout the whole session, throughout your whole camps. It's just nothing but but grind, grind, grind. And that's something I came from in the wrestling program at was just constant grinding. And that's it, it's just carried over from wrestling to MMA with those guys. It was I just jumped from one grind to another. And that's what I love about them. It's just a constant, constant hard work, constant grind and, and drilling. I'm a big fan of drilling. Drillers make killers. And we drill, drill, drill. So that's I think that's the number one thing. Once I jumped into that, it was like, we're going to do this kick 100 times. And then we're going to do it again another another hundred times a different way. I was like, this is this is the t- the way I like to train. Yeah, I hear a lot of fighters, especially like top names in the sport. They they train something in the gym, but sometimes they can't use it in the octagon. And when they actually fight, does drilling help that knowing that you're practicing it a hundred times that one kick that it makes it more more fluid and more smooth when you actually step into fight somebody else? 100%. I mean, just looking at all my fights, it looks like I'm drilling. Uh, and those, everything I throw on my fights are things we repeatedly do day in and day out. Some of the stuff I do is just what we do just to warm up. So I, drilling definitely helps. It's just muscle memory and just doing it a million times in the gym once it comes to live. It's just like effortless. You just do it. Other than MMA, you also have a ton of experience in kickboxing, right? In Waco and other tournaments. What encouraged you to compete in kickboxing? My coach, I, I told him I, I wanted to do MMA. He called me a bum for not wanting to do Waco. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So, and those guys come from, you know, that that's kickboxing, karate style of fighting anyway. So I was like, you know, it's only right to do that too. And it was only, it, it was a great experience and it was only going to help you know, my MMA career anyways, and it's fighting at the end of the day. So that's, uh, yeah, my coach calling me a bum is what made me do it. Yeah. I believe you've won some tournaments and medals in the sport, but I'm not going to pretend to be an expert <laughs> in kickboxing. What have you exactly accomplished in, in the sport? Uh, I went to Waco twice in, uh, 2021 and I actually won the tournament in 2023. So that's, that's the most I got, but we train kickboxing all the time. How does that experience in kickboxing help you in MMA in terms of technique, but also just gaining the experience to feel comfortable in the cage? Oh, uh, with technique, it helped tremendously because it, it just made everything a lot more smoother because I'm a wrestler first. So it definitely elevated my striking levels like overnight. It seemed like that just doing Waco, just the, even the year I lost, just doing training, uh, kickboxing specific, it helped tremendously. It, it, and it, it was I got to say it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It's you fought three times in a weekend that, and you had to make weight every single day so that you had to be disciplined with your diet, disciplined with your training. It was, it, it, it helped MM, me transition into MMA even better. Do you plan on doing it again in the future? 
Oh yeah, I believe it's coming up in February. Uh, I plan on definitely competing this uh, this year in February Sounds or next good. year. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. Talking with Juan Gohard Goins on Forged in Ohio. Let's get into your amateur fights now. You debuted in 2021 and only had one amateur fight in 2021 and 2022. Of course, some kickboxing in there as well. What's brought on this active year, though, in 2023 that's seen you compete in MMA four times? I think just there was a lot of things uh, that kept me from fighting. Injuries, uh, financial situations, you know, things outside of of, of, of competition that kept me from fighting. So just the goal this year was just to stay active, you know, win, lose or draw, get the, get the experience, get these, get, get some fights under my belt. That's what I wanted to do. So it was just, we knew we were ready. We had the skill, we had the discipline. Now it was like, let's, let's finally get out there. Let's, let's get some exposure. Let's get some experience. So I believed in the training. I believed in my ability. So it was just, we went out there and just did it. it we didn't care what, what the outcome was. As long as we executed, I, I was happy with whatever happened. And I mean, I'm, I'm reaping the, I'm reaping the reward now. Yeah, that you are my friend. So would you say being active in the, in MMA is when you're at your happiest in your career, when you're getting four fights in a year, like you did this year? Oh, 100 percent. I I, this is something I want to do. This is something I want to pay the bills with. And just I mean, I'm not too good at anything else. So stay staying training, staying in the competition. That's that's what that's what keeps me happy. And um, getting in that mindset of just flipping that switch where it's go time. You got somebody in front of you that 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 mindset throughout the training is, is different than just your training to get better. Um, when you got somebody in front of you, it just that fire is just a little a, a, a little brighter. Yeah, I want to start with your first MMA fight. You won your debut via submission only 40 seconds into the first round. Talk about the experience of competing for the very first time and securing that rear naked choke. Man, I was nervous as hell. <laughs> I I was like I I've, I've wrestled lots of matches. I, I sparred everywhere in on uh, open mat days with bunches of people. But this is the first time I've actually went out to compete in something in MMA. Something I said I wanted to do. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going to go on, how this is going to go down. And it just like I said, back to the drilling. It, it happened just as we drill. He came in a little too aggressive. Um, I took his back, took him down, choked him out. I mean, we drilled that a million times. It And I was it was almost unbelievable. I'm like, it's over. Like. That's how it's supposed to go down. A coach is like, yeah, that's what we drill. That's how it's supposed to go down. So it was it was just, again, drilling muscle memory. That's, that's just how it played out. I know you were already hooked with the sport and had a big passion for the sport, but winning your first fight the way you did, what was the adrenaline like afterward? And that, did that just secure the fact that, hey, this is what you really wanted to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was I felt on top of the world. I mean, this is... Not many people do what MMA fighters do. They go out there, put their body on the line against, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people were in the crowd that night. Uh, it, it, you know, it, that's that's a hard thing to do. So I was, I, I watched my favorite fighters do this. So I'm on top of the world. I'm screaming, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it only took one night. And I'm like, I want that feeling again. Uh, that That pass, I want another one. Yeah, that's why I respect you guys so much for what you do every single time you compete. Do you still get that nervous nowadays when you compete, like how you were in your first ever fight? 
Oh, definitely. Um, my I, uh, I keep a quote that my old coach said, uh, you're always going to have those butterflies. But the thing you do is make those butterflies fly straight. And I think I do a good job at that going, you know, I, I put in the work. I know I'm a good fighter. You know, I believe in myself. I believe in my coaches. I believe in my training. So keeping that in my head, it just makes make, I guess it makes those butterflies fly straight. I'm nervous, but I'm nervous for a reason because I have high expectations for myself and I know what I'm capable of doing. So I just got to go execute. So the nerves are still there, but there I, I use it in a positive way. You won your second fight by decision, but I want to actually touch on your only loss so far. It counts as a knockout for your opponent 14 seconds into the fight. I watched this one on YouTube, and I guess I'll just ask it like this. True or false, the fight was stopped too early? I do believe the fight was stopped way too early, but at the same time, I put myself in that position. I went out there, I'm not going to lie, totally cocky. Um, I just won Waco. I'm on top of the world. I got momentum. I didn't go out there and fight how I was supposed to fight. I'm not a brawler where I sit down in the pocket and just swing crazy. And that's exactly what I did. Yes, the ref did stop the fight early. I do agree with that. But also, I put myself in that position and I, I took full responsibility for that. Not I didn't make any excuses. That wouldn't have happened if I would have went out there and fight the way I fought. But 14 seconds, I mean, it's not that's not a lot to go off of, but. It is what it is, and it just it created another beast. So, yeah. Do you almost feel like you needed that humbling moment in order to grow even further? Oh, one hundred percent. It turned me. I had nightmares about that fight. I just I had people from my job come out to see me. I had family watching. You know, I just I'm this big bad guy who just won Waco. So I, I kind of drank my own Kool Aid on that one. So it kind of brought me back down to earth. It was like, hey. We're throwing small gloves as hard as we can at each other. Anything can happen. You know, you're, you know, it, it's fighting. So get off of yourself, get back to the drawing board and uh, just keep on going. So it didn't, it didn't make me shy away from the sport. I've lost plenty of times in my life in, in, in wrestling and in, in football and life itself. So it, it just was, uh, like I said, it, it humbled me, brought me back to earth. It was like, Hey, let's, we lost. Let's dust ourselves off and, and, and keep going. This is what you want. You got to win like a champion. Uh, if need be, lose like a champion. So, Yeah, you fought just three months after that loss. Did you really dwell on it too much or was it right back to the drawing board and let's get back in there? Yeah, I just I wanted to get that back. I, I wanted to avenge it. I, I just I wanted to show people, no, nah, that's not who I am, you know, because a lot of people actually came out to watch me for the first time. For that fight, they've heard, hey, he just won Waco. He has some momentum going. Let, let's see what Juan is actually about. And I, I was embarrassed, and I, I just wanted to get back in there like, hey, you know, I am who I say I am. Uh, I'm, I'm a tough SOB, and, and, and I can fight, so just keep watching. Yeah, that you are, man. You finished 2023 by winning back-to-back -back fights by decision, and we need to discuss your latest one last month. You beat Logan Fink to win the Bizarro Promotions Bantamweight Championship. What do you think of your performance in that fight? I'm usually very critical of myself. I always find what's wrong in the fight. Um, for the first time ever, I was proud of my performance. I, look, I, I watched it. Well, now I'm very critical of it, finding all the stuff wrong, but um, at, at first glance, I'm like, you know, I'm real proud. Um, the circumstances outside of the cage that led up to the fight that I went through a lot of adversity outside of the cage. Um, I'm, I'm a police officer. So lots of, lots of stress, uh, at work leading up to that fight. Um, so 
with the circumstances I was dealt with, I was proud. I, I still train hard. I still hit my technique uh, the way uh, we drilled it. I wish I was more active in the clinch like I usually am, but fighting that late at night was something I've never thought you have to train for. Um, I, it was like 1230 at night. I'm like, I'm usually in bed by now. So I was, I felt a little flat, but overall with my performance, I was happy. My jab was, was on point. My movement was on point. Uh, my takedown defense was on point. I, I felt, I felt I did a very good job. Yeah. You mentioned what you do for work, being a police officer. I know you're a father of three and you're also chasing this journey in mixed martial arts. Is it hard to balance everything going on in your life? Hard, yes, but very doable. Um, you have to you have to prioritize your life. I mean, as a fighter, you got diet, you got training, you got uh, recovery. Was something I'm 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 big on now that I never was before. So that's just fighting your priorities. And then you got like you said, I got the kids, I got the job. So you got to cut a lot of stuff out, which I'm willing to do. So it is hard, but it, it's very doable. Very doable. Yeah, I think I've had two other fighters join me on Forge in Ohio who are fighters, obviously, but also have a career in law enforcement. Do you find any correlations between what you do as your day job and then what you do at night training and pursuing your career in fighting? In a way, I mean, at work, every time you get a call, you always get those butterflies because you never know what can happen. So I guess, you know, and in, in, in that aspect where you're going into something, you don't know how, what the outcome is going to be. It keeps me sharp because I got, I have to train for that too. You know, I'm still in a way putting my body on the line in law enforcement. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 pretty similar in that aspect as if for combat, I guess you'd say. Have you ever had to use like mixed martial arts technique out in the field in your job? Oh, oh yeah, I'm not a big guy, so sure. everybody wants to test the little guy. So um, once they find out. The hard way, I know a couple things, you know, it, it saved my butt a lot. But this verbal judo is my main weapon. <laughs> All right, back <laughs> to your uh, your title fight. What did it mean to you to actually win your first amateur championship in mixed martial arts? Man, I I know it's just an amateur title, but it it meant the world. It's just years and years and years of hard work of, of saying I wanted to do. I mean, I, ever since I found MMA, I've been saying I want to be MMA champion. I, I want to fight in the cage. I, I want to, and being able, it just, as soon as they handed me that belt flashbacks of everything I've said, I'm, I'm going to be champion. I'm going to fight. And all those people going, Juan, you're just, you know, you're just talking. There goes Juan, you know, being ambitious again. It, it just felt so good. I felt like I won a UFC title. It was, it was the greatest moment of my career so far, even Waco, because I didn't really want to do Waco. Glad I did it. But Winning that belt, like I said, I know it's just an amateur title. I know there's so many promotions and belts out there. But to me, that moment was one of the greatest moments so far in my in my athletic career. I felt on top of the world. It was like we did it. Like We did what we said we were going to do. Yeah, definitely, man. And being a father of three, what was it like bringing that hardware home to your family? Oh, man, it, it felt great. And my family's very, like, hard. On, on me for for being a fighter none of them want me to really fight so it was like i'm telling them i'm bringing home this belt i better bring home this belt or i'm gonna hear it so it, it was a great moment to see my son hold the belt he was super excited he's like oh you told me you were gonna bring it to me and um yeah i got the little one with me now um 
my son holding the belt. He's like, you told me you were going to bring it home. And even better than that, my grandfather, who I consider my father now, um, he um, he does not want me to fight. He actually told me I shouldn't be fighting uh, when I told him I want to pursue this. So he got to hold the belt and he just started crying, made me cry. It was like I, it felt like I finally got his approval on this. So that was a very special moment as well. With that title win, man, um, why doesn't your family support you? Or they support you, but why don't they want you to fight? Is it just because it's too hard to watch? Oh, for my mom, yeah. She just, she's, I was the kid that wanted to do all the dangerous stuff. I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to be a fighter. I wanted to be a cop. She just doesn't like to watch. Um, I come from a very old school family. So it was like, you go to school, you go to work, you provide for your family. That's, that's being successful. So to kind of, want to do something like fighting as an occupation and, and, and chase that. It's not, it's not a realistic thing. So you're not going to do nothing with fighting. Uh, that's just something we watch on TV. And it's, it's weird. Cause my grandfather, I, I grew up watching boxing with him. I would think he would be, yeah, go out there, go fight. He, they very old school. It's you go to school. Once you graduate, you get a job, you provide for your family. That's it. So doing something like that isn't, it, it doesn't sit right with them. Like you want to fight to make money. Like, no, you go, you get a job and you go to work. So still, still some growing, you know, it's growing on them. But I, I felt that my granddad finally approved that, Hey man, this is what you want. I've seen you put your all into this and showing him what comes out of it, you know, something, just something small that comes out of it. And he's able to see it now. He, he, he's a believer. I was going to do it regardless of what did they what they said, but it, it's just happy that I, I got him in my corner officially now. Yeah. Do any of them actually attend your fights and support you that way, too? Uh, I got a couple aunts, cousins. Uh, my mom will not come to one. Um, <laughs> she actually almost got me ejected from a wrestling match because she came to one and she ran out on the mat. So I'd rather her just stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I do get people that come out to watch me my granddad actually watched the pay-per-view so that was that was awesome yeah and i know this fight in particular was on thanksgiving eve what was the celebration like after the win lots of food man lots and lots of food i was i was so happy it was the day before thanksgiving so all that fresh food in my face it, it was oh man pumpkin pie uh soda you know i don't really eat terrible but I, I was eating stuff i don't normally eat cakes um all these treats and it, it oh man just eating eat till i couldn't eat no more yeah good man i'm happy to hear that you let yourself indulge after the win i feel like that's almost the perfect time to fight right thanksgiving eve you get to celebrate after the win indulge in a big thanksgiving feast and then you know most fighters wouldn't turn around in a month and they can actually enjoy christmas as well with christmas cookies and, and all that as well oh yeah definitely <laughs> Once again, this is Juan Gohard Goins with us on Forged in Ohio. You're only one of two fighters to ever come on the show with a YouTube channel of their own documenting their combat sports journey. I think this is fantastic, and I'm curious as to why you actually started this journey on YouTube as well. Um, I'm, it's starting to get there. Um, sure. I just wanted to show people someone like me on the amateur circuit pursuing it because you always see the pros um, and you, you see the end result. They're, they're already making the money. They already got the sponsorships. You see all the fancy, you know, camera work with their training. I wanted to show kind of like some raw, you know, what 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 someone like me has to go through to get to to get to where they want to be. Kind of just from the ground 
up, you know, till we make it to the big show. Yeah, I watched a couple of videos. One was about roadblocks and sports and life, and you also talked about overcoming setbacks with having a strong mindset and another. It takes a lot to be vulnerable like that in such a public way. Why is that so important to you? I think because um, it also it holds me accountable because I actually go back and watch those things, those videos when I'm down. And it's like, see, that's the guy you need to be. This is who you, this is the mindset that you have to have. And it's made me stronger. And I know there's people out there like me where you weren't the biggest guy growing up in school. You know, you weren't the strongest. You weren't the fastest. And you, you might not have special gifts, but you can work definitely work towards it. So um, that's that's something something relatable. I, I wanted to put relatable content out there. You know, I'm I'm nothing special. I don't I'm uh, it's it, everything you see is just hard work, hard work and consistency. And I just want to put that out there for the regular everyday guy. Yeah, that's great, man. How often do you actually go back and watch those old videos? Usually after fights, um, I, I look back at my old training just to kind of go, man, that's that's this is why we achieved this. And um, going back to the loss after a loss, it's like we lost in Waco. We didn't really care about it too much because it's like we it's not something we really wanted to do. But then I lost in MMA and I look back at that video about me losing. I'm like, damn, man. Yeah. Get, get your stuff together. You've overcame a loss before. Let's do it again. So it's just it, it's just getting back to to those moments and, and seeing how far I come. That's that's. I, I, li- I like making them and then going back and watching them. Yeah, it sounds like there's a clear impact of those videos on yourself, but I have to imagine that there's an impact of them on others too, because just watching them myself, there was a lot of inspiration and motivation found in those videos. Have you received any messages, no matter how small, of how your stories have impacted other people? Um, a lot of times I get like little comments with like, thanks, man, or keep keep fighting. So stuff like that's always... uh always great. I, I don't do it for that, but um, I would hope it reaches somebody that it, it could inspire them or it, it hits somebody on a day that they're down and they see like a, the, the overcoming video or just get inspired by the training footage. Like, Hey, you know, that looks cool. I want to do that. So the little comments that I do get every now and then those, those are great. It makes me want to make, keep making content. And I hope it, it, it does inspire and impact people in a positive way. Yeah, man, I think it's great. In one of your videos, you talked about how your coaches gave you a mantra that you repeat to yourself daily. I know you said this was private, so I won't ask you what it is, but how big of an effect has that had on you in your career? It's probably the most impactful thing I've ever had in my career in, in, in athletics, period. Like, I've never been the type to meditate or sit there and hum. You know, I've never been that type, but I was in a very down place where I, 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 I always doubted myself. There was always those memories of people telling me I couldn't do something or you're not good enough. And um, he just gave me the simple mantra to say to myself. And I repeat it to, even when I'm not in fights, I'm not in camp. I work out during the morning or, or I'm, I'm sitting there just uh, relaxing. Sometimes I just say it to myself either out loud or in my head. It, I believe it. I believe it now. And it, it's, it's done wonders for me. It's something that small. It, it just constant affirmation, self-affirmation. I'm saying to myself, I, it's constantly in my head. I say it while I'm training. I say it, you know, while I'm sitting down, relaxing, I'll say it, you know, backstage, getting ready for the fight. Sometimes in the fight, as I'm throwing punches, I'm saying it, you know, it's just, it, it, 
it's done wonders for me. And uh, I'm so grateful that um, I opened my mind up to uh, to doing something like that because mental training is a thing. You have to do it. And there was times where I'd be walking out to a competition. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'm ready. It's like, damn it. Yes, you are. Just believe in yourself. And something as little as self-affirmation, it, it's done wonders for, for my mental, for, for my training, for my everyday life, period. It's made me a better person and um, a definitely more confident uh, person. And I have so much more belief in myself than when I first started. Yeah. Do you still struggle with self-doubt from time to time? Or when you do, does it kind of creep right in? You say that mantra and you push it right back out. Yeah, I believe everybody does. That's, that's my opinion. I think everybody just a little bit uh, before it was bad. I, I'm not going to lie. It used to be very bad. But yes, when when those when that little voice starts creeping up, that mantra, it, it stuffs it back down because it's like it, uh, it the, the mantra, it it brings back. It's more than just the words. It brings back all everything that I've done, everything that I have accomplished, all this, all the pain and suffering I put myself through to get to where I'm at right now. So it's I, I start saying that over and over and it just stuffs it right back down and saying it every day it's just that voice gets you know smaller and smaller and smaller yeah it sounds like it not only has an effect on your self-doubt and bringing you self-affirmation as well but also in terms of just calming you down and the, the nerves and stress of what you do not only as your job but you know being a father and fighting like we just mentioned Oh yeah, for sure. It's 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 helped me tremendously, and I, I'll I'll keep saying it all the way up until you know we win we win big belts and big organizations, and I'm I'm gonna keep saying it. That's something I'm definitely gonna keep you know incor- keep incorporated in my training in in my everyday life period. Yeah, for sure, man. Do you plan to keep your YouTube channel going as you progress further on in your your uh, athletic career? Oh yeah, it's um especially since you know we're we're, we're on a on a streak right now, uh, getting the recognition, you know, f- uh, promotions reading now, you know, podcasts reaching out. Um, it's definitely um, the more more notoriety. I, I want to put more more content out. Yeah, definitely, man, and I can't wait for it. Last one for you, man. Coming off your amateur title win in November, when can fans expect to see you back in the cage in 2024? Hopefully, after Waco. Um, or whenever they call to uh, for me to defend that belt, or if somebody offers me another belt, as long as I'm healthy, I, I don't shy away from competition. I welcome anybody who wants to shot at the champ. So I'm I'm always training. You know, I take like a week, maybe week or two off, just to you know celebrate with family uh, for the holidays. But I'm I'm continuously training. So as long as I'm healthy, whenever they call, I, I'll oblige the challenger. So um, I'm looking maybe. March since I'm doing Waco in February. So maybe March, if there's anything going on, I'll definitely want to stay active. Um, if not more, uh, than I did this year, uh, next year. Yeah, that would be incredible, man. I think 2024 is going to have a lot in store for you. And I think it's going to be a great year, uh, for, for yourself. And it should be an exciting one. That's for sure. Before we wrap up, man, anything you want to shout out or plug here at the back end of the podcast? First and foremost, I want to shout out Rising Dragon, all my guys over there, uh, Taiwan Howard, Alonzo Harvey, John McGinnis, my coaches, uh, Tobias Freight Train Taylor, my number one guy. Uh, the guy's incredible. He's a pro. He has a kickboxing fight coming up in January. Um, you guys check it out. I'll be at the Akron Civic Center. Um, uh, my Instagram's Go Hard Goins. Give me a follow. You know, uh, Same as my YouTube channel, Go Hard Goins. Check out the journey. And uh, yeah, man. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks again, Juan, for joining me on the show. I really enjoyed talking to fighters for the first time on here, and you're truly talented at what you do, showcased by your recent success in 2023. Before I let you go, I do like to end these chats with the infamous OHIO chant. So if you'd help me out here, OHIO! Thanks, Juan. I appreciate the time. I'm excited to see what you accomplish in 2024, and you bet we'll be talking again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. That was Juan Gohard Goins, the 4-1 amateur mixed martial artist and Bizarro Promotions bantamweight champion. I feel like this guy is deserving of some more recognition. Sure, he fought once in 2021 and 2022, but he's had as good a 2023 as you could ask for as he continues to develop in combat sports. I mentioned it at the top, and yes, this will be the final episode of Forged in Ohio in 2023. The next two Mondays are, of course, course Christmas and New Year's Day so Monday January 15th will be the next episode of Forged in Ohio I'm going to spend time with family enjoy the holidays and I hope you all do the same as well and I have some tricks up my sleeve for Forged in Ohio when we return in 2024 that you won't want to miss I can't wait for what's going to be a banger of a year for the show until then don't forget to download episodes of forge in ohio and subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already also at forged in ohio on both instagram and facebook you'll want to check out those platforms for news and a whole lot more about the show as always thanks for watching or tuning in happy holidays once again i've been your host jake murrin and this was forged in ohio